Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled, the TV news podcast. I am Peter and I'm joined by Connor. Yeah, I'm here. What are you going to do about it? Be miserable, I guess. That's fair, yeah. Be upset, whatever. Yes, the TV news podcast is back. It has been about six months, I think, since we've done one of these. Um, A while. Yeah, which is why this is going to be a long news, because I've got every news item from the last six months ready to go. I can't. uh, Can I go get a drink? (laughs) I kid, I kid. Uh, We're here to look at the last week of TV news. Uh, We'll talk about renewals, cancellations, we'll talk about new show orders, a couple of casting things, and um, all that sort of stuff. All the classic hits then, yeah? Yeah, all the usual. I mean, it's the same format as it used to be. Um, We may occasionally throw in a movie story if there's something big and juicy we want to talk about, but there's none this week. Uh, Certainly nothing that I stuck out to me anyway. I don't remember seeing anything. Well, there you go. We can move straight to TV stuff then. So, yes, yeah, so we'll start with reels and cancellations, uh, as is a tradition. Uh, first, I'm happy with this one. Uh, Severance, the Apple TV Plus show, has been renewed for season two. This is the Adam Scott starring show, which also has uh, John Turturro, Christopher Walken, uh, Dick and Lackman in there. Um, this is very good. Uh, I've watched the first five episodes of this. Uh, and it's pretty great, and it's a bit quirky. Uh, if you don't know the the basic concept of Severance, it's that basically when you go to work for this company, they split your mind so that when you go in, your memory of your like personal life goes away, and your work personality, or, or, or since all your memories are gone, the only memories you have at work are memories of being there. So you effectively split a personality too, and there's just a lot of the way it plays with the mechanics of that, and how one person, like the, how the inner person considers the outer person, and vice versa, the ethics of it. There's a lot of really good stuff at play in that show. Um, I'm looking forward to going back and catching up from where I left off, but uh, it's really good. I, I, I think I'm like three or four weeks behind right now. Uh, That's fair enough. Um, this is the the Ben Stiller one, right? He di- yeah, he's directed like. He directed the first three episodes, and I think he's directing the last three episodes of the season. So he's probably fairly involved then. Yeah, he's like one of the main producers and all yeah. the rest of it. Um, but no, really good. Really good opening title sequence as well, which I, I don't feel like I say that as often these days. Oh. It's weird, because I basically heard nothing about this show until this week. Which, I'm assuming because it got renewed, but all of a sudden, I've seen you know, a reasonable amount of people talking about it being good yeah, on, on Twitter. It's picking up a bit of a, a bit of a following. It's kind of like what I was saying. I don't think Apple shows it because even Ted Lasso, I think, I wasn't. I don't think it was like a hit from episode one. I think it was like the word of mouth by the end of the season. Traditional in, in terms of yeah. TV shows tended to be like that, as opposed to you, you know you, you, on the Netflix model. If you're not a hit in yeah. that first week, you're dead. Would you believe it? Releasing the episodes weekly has a benefit. Oh my. Who could have guessed? <laughs> it, it, it's almost like the medium perfected it over decades. Yes, and then Netflix tried to ruin it. And then other people try to copy, and then gradually they're backing away and I saying say no. Netflix did successfully ruin it for a few years. Yeah, but even Amazon now are starting to really turn back to... Uh, they'll put out two or three that first week, but they're... There's, there's a, I can live with that. There's an embracing yeah. of that model. Um, Even like a... The, the upcoming Kenobi show. That's doing two yeah. episodes its first week. I and mean, then even on network think, TV, like, I mean, it's rare now, but it used to be quite common to have a double pilot for your first week. It is, and, and I've definitely seen the occasional triple pilot. 
oh, it has happened, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so yeah, this was like the first two episodes were out week one, and then it was, it's was it been weekly since. Uh, but no, I recommend it from what I've seen so far. It's a really interesting sci-fi show that has a, a mix. It's got good mechanics. It's got good character exploration. You know, the idea that the main character, the reason why he accepted this job in the first place is because he suffered a personal tragedy, and it's like his way of just like not having to remember that for like most of the day. So it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's got comments on how people deal with loss and grief and how healthy or more likely unhealthy <laughs> this is. And so on and so on so really good stuff and it gets quite dark like episode four which is probably the best episode of the five i've seen was really dark even though it's like it has like a really up it's got that kind of quirky sterile like workplace kind of almost like because it's always a little bit the characters are a little bit quirky and funny at times but it can get really dark like almost almost like it's masking the darkness of what's really going on Uh, and then you also have the mystery of like no one really knows what they do there or why what the company does so there's kind of that mystery as well I know this is going to sound like a really out of nowhere comparison, mm-hmm. and you, you're probably going to shoot down me, but just the way you're describing the workplace and, and kind of that feeling of like the sterileness, but you know, people are kind of getting on with things. I'm, I'm getting vibes of like the working environment in Gattaca. Yeah, it's got a different tone, but yeah, there's a bit of that. Yeah, I can see what you're yeah. saying. But I don't do it wrong. I, I'm sure it's actually not real. Like, just the way you described it, and that was what came into my head. I was like, look. I would describe it, you know how. Uh, that fake, that phony niceness that you, like, people associate it with that office gif, uh, not office gif, office space moment, that scene where he's like, oh, that memo, uh, you know, I'll send that memo back, and he's, the fake smile and all that. Like, that yeah. kind of attitude where there's a lot of, like, oh, we're all going to, like, tell each other a, a nice thing at the start of the day, because that's what Paul is saying, we're all a happy family, like, that kind of attitude. We all kind of hate each other. Yeah. Uh, so, but hey, yeah, so I'm happy with that. Severance has been renewed for season two, uh, is, is good news. Uh, yeah, the the finale uh, dropped today, actually, at the time of recording. April 8th was the finale, so, yeah. So maybe I'm, like, four or five behind then, assuming it was ten. Maybe it was only eight episodes, though. Um, so, yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, I am pleased by that. It's, it felt like there was a lot to dig into hmm. with, with all the pr- all the premise that was there. So I was hoping it wasn't just, like, a one-and-done limited series. As, assuming that it wasn't, unless it was planned as that, in which case, yeah, just finish it and... <laughs> But if if not, you you want yeah. as much as you can get. Yeah, I'll I'll be really interested to see when when it comes to Apple what their ongoing policy is going to be because I know Ted Lasso had a three season plan that was that yeah. was the, the the aim. But you we know how popular that is. Are Apple going to let it go after three seasons, or are they going to like we need more because I mean because it, it's it depends if they if they keep finding more hits that are consistently getting as big then I think they'll be happy to keep letting things go because they keep churning out more things that are equally as successful. If they keep having, if they don't, like, find a, a new show that hits it every year, you know, if they, if they if they get a Severance or a Ted Lasso, like, once or twice a year, they probably will be quite happy to just let them finish their three-season deals or whatever it is and move on because they keep doing it. But if they don't do that and, like, oh, no, we need to, you know, if they if they go the AMC, we need to have five Walking Dead spinoffs. <laughs> To, to be profitable I, I've here. been thinking, I mean, this isn't, it, I don't think as negative as that, but something like Supernatural. Sure, sure, yeah. It's like, like, yeah, hey, we, we've got a five-season plan. We completed that, and then the network are like, now do more. It's more, yeah, that's more traditional. It's just we want to keep going, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, I bring up Walking Dead, because obviously this all happened we weren't doing the show, but, like, they legitimately have something like four or five spinoffs, like, announced in some form, if not... Obviously, one's already, like, Fear the Walking Dead's on season seven. That's already, like, deep into its run. There's going to be as much ongoing Walking Dead as there is ongoing Star Trek. 
Yeah, basically they've announced two spin-offs for after the show ends, and one spin-off follows two of the main characters from the original show, and then the other spin-off follows two other characters from the original show. So basically it's just split into two shows. That's effectively what's happening. And we've got the movies that they were still going to do. I'm assuming yes, that's still happening. apparently. And I think there's maybe like one other show as well. So yeah. the, whole, the whole thing is just uh, it's absurd. I can't even keep up to date with all the... That, that is probably going to be the, the new example of never letting something die. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the irony of it being zombies is not lost on all of us, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, still more renewals and cancellations. Uh, Snowfall has been renewed for a sixth and final season at FX. So that's getting an ending. Uh, I know people are a fan of that show. Uh, I didn't realize it was that many seasons in already. It's one of those things where, you know, they do, you know, a 10-episode season once a year. They've been consistent with it. That it's just... It's, it's what we, I think we spoke about it before, but when you're not watching a show, you kind of oh, hear yeah. about it. You, you remember when it starts, and then you hear about it again. It's like, oh, it's five seasons deep. I mean, you're like, what, when did that happen? Oh, I mean, I remember talking about this show before it launched on this show. <laughs> so that, that's just, I mean, it makes us feel like we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was, there's a show I've not even heard of, but With Love has been renewed for season two by Amazon. Not familiar with it. Amazon's marketing their own shows is yeah terrible. Yeah, it's a it's a romantic comedy series, so uh, but it's got a season two, so uh, there oh. you go. Uh, the Cleaning Lady has been renewed for season two by Fox. Uh, I have heard of this one. I know people have talked about it a bit, but uh, I don't know much about it myself. Did well for Fox, I though. don't know anything about it, but l- based on the name, I hope it's basically just a. It, it's a, it's you know it's Mike from it, during Breaking Bad. Like, hey, you got you got that job, go do it. I mean, the, the, but, I've got a synopsis here if you want to. Uh, uh, so, is it what I said? So Elodie Young, who I think was that Electra and yes, the, the yeah the, the Netflix Marvel shows, which are not even on Netflix anymore; they're on Disney Plus now. But um, edited on Disney Plus, I believe. Are they? Are they actually edited? I'm sure I saw something about some of them being edited, yeah. Because there was stuff where they went back and edited some Falcon and Winter Soldier, but then they admitted that it was kind of a mistake and... Well, maybe they've undid it then, but yeah. I, I remember it was just before the Falcon and Winter Soldier that, it, that that people were talking about it with the Netflix shows. There was, there was because back when they launched the Star section, which was all the, you know, above PG-13 stuff internationally, they sort of made everyone with Disney Plus accounts, like, Okay, make sure you've confirmed your parental settings. Like, do you want this material to be available? Uh, apparently, that just happened when all these shows went on to Disney Plus in the US. They basically got that same message because, okay, now we have something that's like R rated, or well, maybe not R rated, but closer to it. Uh, so it does sound like no. Disney Plus is willing now to put adult material on there, but you have to like set your parental settings to be like, yes, this is a, an adult account and not a kid account, which is. Perfectly reasonable. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, whatever. Like, that's fine. Uh, but for a while, they were dead set against, like, having any, like, mature content. Uh, I, I mean, I remember back when we were talking about Apple, you know, before Apple TV had launched, and, you know, we hadn't got any of their content, but we just, you know, they, they were putting a lot of shows in production. There was talk of that they had a mandate that nothing would be over PG-13, no matter what, and... Yeah. Maybe that's just about true if they actually submitted it, but I, I suspect it's not. Yeah, having actually watched a few of their shows, I mean, yeah, maybe there's not been any gratuitous violence per se, but I, like, like Severance gets pretty dark, but the themes of that show are pretty... So I, I wouldn't say their content's suffering from some mandate. From, no, from if, if that I've mandate had. is in order, it, it's 
it's carefully edited around to be like right it, it's not like or it's, it's it's at least loose enough that it's not hurting the content that's been made yeah or or that mandate just doesn't exist and it was something yeah, that was yeah. just thrown out and it was wrong which is also possible yeah. or or they just got rid of it at some point all right but anyway the clean lady ellie young stars is uh i'm gonna say that's when that's tony just with an extra h because <laughs> thony's a, a weird name so yeah, a whip smart doctor who comes to the US for medical treatment to save her ailing son, but when the system fails and pushes her into hiding, she refuses to be beaten down and marginalized. Instead, she becomes a clean lady for the mob and starts playing yes. the game by her own rules. I, for all of that, I was like, oh man, I was so wrong. And then, no, then I was, got that, to that. And I, that was just self. In fact, it's even similar to Breaking Bad in the sense that it's medical bills that push her into it. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yeah. Oh, so, so, so relieved. Yeah, that had to be. Uh, so on a, the opposite end, uh, Lock and Key is going to end with season three on Netflix. So it's getting a, it's getting a season to wrap up. But I honestly thought it finished already. Uh, what's, what's interesting is that I know there's like six main books, like main hardcovers, so I wonder how much of the material they've uh, gotten through. Actually managed to adapt. Yeah. yeah, definitely not all of it. I mean, I mean, you could probably, I mean, you could probably say like two per season if you really wanted to. You probably could, but I doubt they had that in mind when they were doing their first season. Probably, yeah, possibly. Maybe season three is going to be like the last three books all crammed into one because they had to speed up. <laughs> yeah. It's possible. Um, all right, so that's it for uh, cancellations, as it were, I think. I thought I had more than that. But nah, they're on premiere dates now. Uh, so just uh, CW's announced a couple of things for the summer. Um, honestly, the reason why I'm even pointing this out is just because they're actually putting on, you know, this is something that only started like last year, maybe the year before, but is putting on scripted content in prime time on the summer because they never used to do that. Obviously, they did it with Stargirl last year. Uh, but uh, like Roswell, New Mexico season four. Remember, we talked about that starting a couple of years ago. I do remember. Did yeah. we try that? Yeah, we watched the pilot. We reviewed the pilot. Oh, we did. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but season four of that starting, and that's starting in June 6th. Same night as In the Dark, which is season four as well, starting. So they've got like some nights of new content. Uh, and then some stuff's a bit different though because they've got season three of Wellington Paranormal which is not brand new in the sense that I believe it's like running behind the New Zealand airing of it, which is that's where it's made. So it's an import that's airing a bit later. That's yeah, pretty common still, though, to do that yeah. with imported shows. Yeah, and there was Maybe less so in America, though. Yeah, they also have season two of Devils starting on June 30th. Uh, I don't know what that is. There's no, there's no description, no. so... No clue. Uh, and then Mysteries Decoded, uh, starting at second season. That sounds like it may not be a scripted thing. That sounds like it might be like a forensic files, but, you know, supernatural or paranormal That's shit. That's definitely what it sounds like. That's what it sounds we'll like. We'll go investigate Bigfoot. Aye. So, we'll have to ask Matt about it. He, he probably watches it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Physical has a season two premiere date on Apple TV. I actually don't know what this is, uh, but... Neither. Yeah, season two is coming. It is arriving on June third, uh, and it'll be weekly on Fridays. What a shock! I guess the it only, works. The only complaint I would have about Apple, because I love the weekly release format, the only complaint I would have is that if you've got multiple shows on at the same time, don't put them both out on Friday. Put one out on Wednesday or something. Spread them throughout the week. Will they have something else airing on Fridays? Oh, they may not at this time, but they've definitely had that. You know. When Severance started, there was at least two other new episodes that day, like, on on Apple TV. Yeah, it's a weird holdover, right, from Netflix introducing this as Friday's 
yeah. being the day. I guess um, the idea is that they assume that everyone who's going to watch it will probably do it over the weekend, so Friday's a good day to launch new stuff. so bizarre, and and you know, the opposite of traditional network TV, which was people go out on a weekend, so we don't put anything on at the weekend. Yeah, but that's because like, it's an air date. Whereas with this type of content, they may come back at 3 in the morning and watch an episode. <laughs> yeah, so we're all getting back from the club at 3 a.m. and going, oh, do you know what? I could go for an episode of Severance right now. Uh, well, I mean... Not us, <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't think anyone has got back from the club and gone, oh, I'll watch an episode of Severance. I bet someone has. Yeah, but or, if, or maybe, if they did, they were drunk enough they don't remember it. Or maybe they've just accepted that the audience that goes out clubbing on a Friday and Saturday are not the audience who are watching your TV shows like this. The thing is, I don't think that's true. I, I think that they... I think those people do still watch these shows because these shows are... Oh, maybe they do, but what I'm saying is, though, is that prime audience who get the big numbers on the opening weekend, or is that the same audience that are going out and doing that the weekend? I'm not, I'm not saying people who go clubbing on Friday and Saturday are not watching TV at all. I'm just saying that opening maybe weekend not. numbers... And, and I guess the thing that it boils down to is how important are those opening weekend numbers these days? I think, like they, like to, I think they like to rave about them and talk about the first you know, three days it numbers. It sounds good. As long as people are paying their subscriptions and watching it and their the subscription numbers are high, I don't think it matters. I'm still in my when eight, they're watching I'm it. still in my eighteen months of free Apple TV plus, so I don't <laughs> I don't know what I, I I have some months. I don't know when it expires. Well you should have got a year when you got your Apple TV and then you got another six months from PlayStation, if I recall. That's what I got. I don't think I got a year when I got my Apple because I got it later, so I think I only got three months. Really? I got they, they reduced it. I got it they reduced it significantly. <gasps> No, nah, because when, when I booted my Apple TV up for the first time, it just said, hey, do you want a year free? And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I think they reduced it after a while to like, to like three months. So I got that plus the PlayStation ones. Uh, uh, yeah. It, I think I'm still in because I'm pretty sure none of the bills have come out of my account. I do, checked, so. I do appreciate uh, that it is a, a really cheap service as well. It is literally less than half of what Netflix costs. And there's less stuff how, on it, how sure. How much is it? It's like six or seven pounds a month. Okay. It's, 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 I, I literally don't know. Yeah. I just I was like, yeah, sure, I'll sign up. And and when Netflix, here's, here's my card. Because Netflix keeps ballooning their costs to the point where if you want the 4K Netflix package, you're up to twenty dollars US or like sixteen pounds UK. It's really really expensive now. Yeah, but, I'm trying to remember how much it is because it just went up in the UK. I think I think I haven't paid the new cost yet. I think it's next time. The yeah. next month it goes to me. Yeah, it's gone up to sixteen pound. Yeah, that is, that is a lot for a streaming service. Um. It's especially a lot when none of the other ones, really. I think HBO is the one exception that's still quite pricey, but every other one is notably lower than that. And don't charge extra for 4K. They don't, no. So, I think Netflix argue on the 4K thing that you're not paying for just 4K, right? You're paying for the amount of screens that can watch it as well. Well, I don't care. Give me an option for 4K without the extra screens. I, I agree. I'm, I'm not defending it. I'm saying I think that's their argument. And your HD bitrate shit. Sort it out. Uh, so <laughs> we're not starting this again. We, we've had that more than enough times on these uh, news. Uh, well, and just I'll, I'll just say one sentence. And while we're at it, shudder. How about you know, 1080p? <laughs> just just a thought. Wait, what? Shudder's still 720 on most stops. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I thought it was just Sky's now TV that was like yeah. that. I mean, sure, it's a smaller you, you, you service. You can pay an extra £3 a month to get 1080p. 
Oh, piss off, Sky. Just piss off. And that's that's on every app. Like, there's no yeah. Like, uh, there's no way of getting it without paying. And I, I would, uh, you know, unfortunately, you can't live without that now. Like, it, I mean, obviously, some people can, but like anyone who cares. But the reality is, your subscription cost is three pound more than they claim it is. Yes, yes, it's just just a stupid marketing play at this point. Anyway, uh, other premiere date: uh, The Lincoln Lawyer. Netflix are doing a show based on it. Uh, season one's going to be based on the second book. Neve Campbell's in it. Uh, that's coming. Um, where's the day here? Uh, May thirteenth. Oh, that's a good day. It's a great day. It's the most celebrated mm. day of the year. It's a pretty mediocre day. It's a great day. Forgettable. It's my birthday and also Batman's birthday. It's a pretty good day. Exactly why it's forgettable. Both of those things are objectively terrible. <laughs> they both made the world worse. <clears throat> Batman made the world worse. Hey, Matt would agree with me. I'm referring to Robert Pattinson, just in case everyone's confused why I'm saying Batman's birthday is May 13th. <laughs> okay, so here's some interesting things. So this is just some tidbits of various things. Um, they announced this week that Star Trek Picard's third season, uh, that the entire original cast of Next Generation is coming back for it. The, the There's like one brief shot of Riker in the little teaser trailer they put out, but mostly it's just like a snippet of all their voices. Because uh, if you didn't know this, they shot Star Trek Picard season two and three back to back, so they've already sh- you know shot it, and it's. I, I did not realize that. I assumed, yeah. honestly, that uh, voices it would be easy enough for them to just get something from them. And Frakes has been on set often enough directing that they yeah, just grabbed yeah. uh, grabbed a quick thing for a, for a trailer. No, they've already shot it. Uh, they're very, uh, they're very. Yeah, I think they have finished. But even if they haven't finished, they definitely went straight into shooting it. So they they have plenty in the can. Do you? Think not to be morbid, but do you think it's just a case of older cast members? Let's get it all while we can. No, as soon as they announced this, I think I said they're making sure they get this done before Patrick Stewart, just in case he, you know, he's getting old. Just in case anything happens. Yeah, yeah. that that that's life. And and even if we're not, I'm not necessarily talking like the extreme end. But even if he just like physically needs to not walk around like a certain point because he's getting really old, like just get in the can, get it done. Uh, It's a bit of a morbid discussion. Like um. Like like uh, Judy Dench, she obviously struggles. Mm. She, she has, uh, you know, she struggles to remember like her scripts and stuff now. Uh, obviously, she still acts, but I think it's more work and it's more limited roles. Yeah, so but no, I mean, it is exciting. It's interesting because back in the start of Picard season one, there is a moment where someone says to him, "Why don't you, you know, call on your your friends? Call on Jordy, call on Worf, call on and you know, names like some of the characters and." Picard kind of fobs off and says, "No, no, I don't want to bother them because they will, they will come and help, and I don't want to trouble them." Uh, and there is a couple of cameos. You get to see Raker at one point, whatever. But um, it, it, like, from that moment and ep- that that first episode, I'm like, okay, they're saving it. But in season three, because we knew it was a, se- a three season show even back then, yeah, like season three, we're seeing that entire cast together. There's no way we're not, um, including Brent Spiner. Now, admittedly, it won't exactly be his day. I mean, unless something. Wacky happens before that. Stranger, thi- stranger things have happened. But Brent Spiner's been on the show. Brent Spiner's been on the show more than any other old cast member, other than obviously Patrick Stewart. I, I remember how heavily he was featured in just the yeah. the first trailers. Because, uh, you know, the, the, the shenanigans. Son. Well, it's not, it's not quite shenanigans. It's just the guy who made data made him in his image, and his son looks like it's still Brent Spiner. So. Yeah, so you still got Brent Spider on the show, uh, but it's cool. You know, it was a nice little teaser. Uh, season two has been more enjoyable than season one, so here's hoping it's a nice little uh, 
final hurrah for the you know if if they can give me a season it's like star trek the next generation the starship captain returns or so you know to compare it to dark knight returns just in case anyone didn't get that uh if they can give me that then cool yeah um i hope it's good for the sake of it'll give me a reason to watch it yeah one day it'd just be a nice send-off for all because it's one thing to give Picard and a send-off, but it'd be nice to get a send-off to all of those characters, give them all a it, last hurrah. It's the sort of thing, though, that obviously they had a send-off, right, already. So it's it's going to be good. Well, yeah, it's well... Undermine. The weird thing about Next Gen, though, is that they went straight into doing movies, so it didn't... With the original cast, it was a comeback, because it had been, like, 15 years since the show ended, and it was that like they were all older, so those six movies they got to do was, a, a, like, a proper, like, okay, this is our last hurrah with them, and it happened, obviously, it was six movies, not just one, but... They got their little sort of reunion period. That's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like that is like like the same thing, right? What's the same thing? Oh, we had movies with the next gen cast. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's different because the movies happened straight away. There was no gap. It, it, they went straight into doing them. So this season potentially could be their comeback, where they're all older, they're all wiser, and they get to say goodbye to everyone. So, because those movies never felt like that, and Star Trek Nemesis was not a good send-off. Like, I'll, I'll just, I'll say that right now. I don't remember much That's about fair. that movie, but I do not remember thinking that was a good send-off for this. Like, it definitely didn't feel like they weren't planning on doing more. It just didn't do that well, so they didn't make any more. That's fair. So, it wasn't a send-off. It was never really felt like one. So, mm. at least from my memory. It's been a while. But, I don't suspect we're going to feel that way when we finally watch it after we're done with the show. So... Yeah, uh, yeah, cool news, cool news. Uh, next up, uh, just a, this is like a bit of a tidbit, but given who it's about, it felt worth mentioning. Is that Vince Gilligan's doing the rounds for Better Call Saul? His final season's about to start soon. Looking, Looking forward, forward to that. It. Yeah, of course. Uh, but basically, saying that for the last few months, he's been he's been breaking what his new show is going to be. That's not connected to anything. It's just a new thing by him, and even his wife doesn't know what it is yet. But he's working on something that's it's not a crime world show like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Uh, but I just thought the idea that it was going to be a new Vince Gilligan show, which will very much be worth checking out. He's, he's one of those names now that you just you have to check out. Like Sam Esmail, you have to check out the new show by Vince Gilligan. Yeah. Isn't Esmail off busy with something new again now? Yeah, he's working on stuff, yeah. I, th- I think I read re- just recently he's, he's, he's working on, I think, an Apple show now. Um so yeah yeah i don't know i've not been in the loop we've not been doing this show <laughs> this show no, keeps I, mean, I, I, it, it ju- I just caught something because it was because he's meant to be he's in charge of the Battlestar galactica reboot sequel thing whatever it's going to be um but now he's taken on this job doing a think an apple show it, it sounds like he's going to be more hands-off on Battlestar galactica than was maybe originally intended he was never the showrunner of that though so that's not he, he wasn't no super surprising yeah, so yeah. So was he trying to find the show? I was just looking to see if it and just told me what he was working on, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and then another little tidbit is that uh, Netflix want to do a Crown prequel. They're in talks with the the production company about doing it. I have nothing to add. <laughs> oh, uh, the um, just to, to go back because because that's not that interesting because it's the Crown. Sure, let's let's do more royal stuff. That's what everyone wants right now. Uh, the Esmail thing, which is more interesting, is he's doing a Metropolis TV show for Apple. 
Oh, as in the movie Metropolis. As in the movie, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well, I mean, I mean, I'll take Sam Esmail's science fiction. Yes, please. And it will be written and directed in its entire, entirety by Esmail. So, well, okay, it's, it's a proper Esmail show. It's, it's a number, well, it's in the top three of like most anticipated shows then, just instantly. Yes. Uh, so thank you kindly. Uh, all right, let's uh, talk about some shows that are uh, coming or in the works or have just announced the cast. So uh, we're talking at a CBS comedy pilot here. Uh, it's called The Hug Machine. I uh, hate it already. The, it's the cast. Uh, Malcolm Barrett, who we know from Timeless, is the lead. Yep. Uh, yep. But they've also had Michaela Conlin and Alison uh, Gwynn into the show. Um, so, yeah. And he was just recently cast in an Apple TV show, so he's uh, getting a lot of work right now. Uh, so, The Hug Machine, uh, a dad, played by Barrett, gets a second chance to save both his marriage and his flailing rock career when his band unintentionally finds success in the raucous cutthroat world of children's music. Oh, just give me a second. Look, Connor's looking for booze, I'm sure. He's looking for the hard liquor. That, that was personal and professional right at the start. Uh, was it? Oh, he even his flailing marriage and his career. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, no, no you're right. You're right. But it was a good reason. So the very first uh, new show we talked about from CBS delivered on pre- professional and personal. Don't they always? Oh, I'm just going to leave that there for a minute because I might need that again. You might. Um, I like how it's in the it, foreground. It was even in the first sentence as well. I like how the bottle's right. in the foreground is a sort of like omen. Like, Do you know what? It, it's, that's where my coaster usually is, but the bottle is obviously significantly taller than any <laughs> glass that goes there. Oh, dear. Um, all right, next up, FX has ordered an untitled comedy pilot uh, written by Lauren Ludwig from American Auto and Rob Riggle's Ski Master Academy. I've never heard of either of those things. A mouthful, though, isn't it? Uh, the project is described as a metaphysical comedy about a group of queer 20-somethings forced by the most unlikely source of to confront their generational anxieties and unpack their emotional baggage. I'm good. I feel like the way that's written just makes me want to dislike it, just because it's so... It sounds like here's the buzzwords. Yeah, it's a lot of buzzwords grouped together. Um, so it's, it feels a bit un... just ungenuine, I guess, in some ways. Uh, the word you're looking for is disingenuous. Disingenuous, thank you, yes. Like in English. I speak good English. How you do? <laughs> uh, next up, another comedy show in development. Uh, Chuck Tatham, co-executive producer of the CBS sitcom The United States of Al, I vaguely remember that existing, mm-hmm. uh, is teaming with Amaze, the production company behind The Lake. I don't know what that is. Uh, for Amazon's first Canadian scripted series. So it's an Amazon... It's a so that was a comedy show. Can, it, can Canadians be funny? We shall find out. It's a big ask. I'm joking, of course. I know Jim Carrey's Canadian. I know multiple comedians. Pro- pro- proving my point. <laughs> Hot takes there. Uh, so it follows Dr. Billy Wendell Jr., a successful, charming, high-priced New York plastic surgeon until his practice implodes and he returns to his hometown to run his dad's medical practice after... Senior suddenly dies. 
Just so many shows that start with someone having to come back to the small town after they've been a success in the big city, right? There's a lot of shows like that. Yeah. Um, but fine. I mean, honestly, the fact that this is not that complicated a premise makes me more inclined to think that as long as the actual characters are funny, it could be good, because the simpler premises tend to lead to better shows, usually. Yes. For comedies. Yeah, yeah, again, not not always. There are exceptions. Oh, they, I mean, they can be terrible just as easily, but um, but by and large, when it's a complicated setup for a comedy, it tends to be harder to make it work because it's too complicated. These live and die on their writing and being funny as opposed to, well, we can get by on some plot and just a little bit of funniness. Yeah, next up, we're going over to ABC for a comedy pilot. Uh, they've rounded out the cast for its single-camera comedy. It's called Not Dead Yet. Uh, Josh Bandy from Upload is in it. Uh, we saw a pilot of that. Uh, I remember that. Jessica St. Clair from Avenue 5. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, who is the waitress on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. <laughs> Joe, it's funny, when I looked at this story earlier, I was like, oh, what was her name again? Because I, I, I need to bring up that I know from It's Always Sunny. What was her name? And then I went, oh, it's just waitress. <laughs> There's a reason why I can't think of a name. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, they probably said it eventually, but I never remember. Like, have they ever said it? Not, not unless it's in the, the newest season, which right, I haven't okay. watched yet. But, but no. yeah, but it was always a thing that they never used their name. Uh, that, do you know what? See, when they eventually end that show, that'll be the final scene. Is they'll finally, they'll finally well, ask her her name. <laughs> well, there's a thing that they all did know her name. They've just forgotten it, yeah. and they just call her waitress. And she's like constantly like, "You know my name." Oh, maybe Char- Charlie will just yell it out in the final scene of the show. That'll be the that'll be the ending. He's will finally go. Wait a minute, I've got it. <laughs> yeah, and then yell it out, and then the post credit scene's just her going, "No, that's not it." <laughs> yeah. oh dear uh, Angela Gibbs from This Is Us and Rick Glassman from As We See It have all been cast obviously the reason why I'm bringing this up more so is because it's on your show we've not talked about it yet so I'll give you the description uh, and the project is based on Alexandra Potter's Confessions of a 40 something F up I'm censoring that a little bit uh, published in 2020 uh, so yeah broke nearly single and feeling old Nell Stevens, played by Rodriguez, a self-described disaster, works to restart the life and career she left behind 10 years ago. A lot of second chance plots in comedies these days as well. Uh, moving back home to... <laughs> See? Moving back home! Do I need to add this to the drinking game? I think you do. Moving back home is now a drinking right. rule. From the next one. Yes. The, 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 that is a drink. Okay, moving back home from past the, the, the other one that just in case we forget, the other one was a a secret about their like their family's past kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bit more vague that one, but you, you'll know it when you see it. It's a dark secret. Yeah, dark secret. Yeah, uh, moving back home to Pasadena, a world where everyone seems to have a better life than she does. Kids, careers, happy marriages, etc. Nell can only afford to share an apartment with a stranger who monitors how much electricity she uses and pesters her about her recycling habits which lately include a lot of empty white claws. Have they seen how much electricity costs right now? <laughs> you should be monitoring that thing. Uh, a one successful journalist, Nell, put her career on hold uh, to help her fiancé get his restaurant off the ground. Following their breakup, she takes the only job she can get, writing obituaries, uh, which at first seems like a step forwards, but ultimately it may be exactly what she needs to move forward. Uh, you mean a step backwards? I, that's what I did mean. Uh, I think I was seeing the word from later in the sentence and muddling up. Yeah, that uh, makes more sense. Joe, honestly, see if you just told me it's a, a comedy spent in a small town about the writer of obituaries, I'm like, that sounds funny. 
That's a, yeah. that's a good job for the lead character in a sitcom to have. It is. I think that description overcomplicated it a bit. Yeah. If you just tell me that, and, and the same, so take uh, everybody loves Raymond. He's a sports writer, right? So there's, there's every so often there'll be jokes about what he's doing for work. You can easily apply that to someone who writes obituaries and make jokes about the person who's died that she has to write about. Yeah, and, and when when it's you know this person, you're like, well, how am I going to write about that? Because like, then, there's nothing interesting about them to say. And two or three seasons in, when someone she actually knows dies, and it's actually an emotional episode, that can be their Emmy episode. They can go for the jugular. Oh, you you know they're wasting that six episodes in. Oh, no, they can't. They have to wait. They have to hold off on that. They should, but in fact, they should hold them. off in case, like, because I presume her parents are going to be in this, like the character's parents, just in case one of the older actors dies while they're still making the show. Save it in case there's an actual death, because it will hit like a ton of bricks. That's, you know, it, it's, it's a risk. Might never happen. I mean, it, well, if it never hopefully happens, it doesn't while you're making the show. If it but, never happens, then it's your series finale. You just kill off one of the, the parents in the series finale and have her have to write about her own parent. Done. That's how you end yeah. the show. See, it's easy. We've done, we've, we've done the whole thing. There's actually some character descriptions. I won't go into them. Uh, that, that'll do us. We, we've nailed the whole show. What, yes. what do we need the rest for? We've we've we don't need thing. to watch it. Uh, next up, so we're at the, the dramas now. Uh, the meaty part of the, the show, you might say. Uh, Orphan Black is getting a spin-off. It's been greenlit by AMC. Didn't that finish ages ago? It did. I finished about a good five, six, seven years ago. I don't know how long it was now. But th- this is... Uh, th- this wasn't AMC. This was... I want to say this was like FX and BBC America or something like that. Was the... I think it was a co-production, yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, but AMC's uh, greenlit this new show. It's going to be a 10-episode season. Uh, so it's called Orphan Black Echoes. So they're doing the colon with the subtitle. They didn't want to go with Orphan Blacker. No, because that's stupid. And then you're I, that. I know. Uh, I can I kind of get it. I feel like I, I suppose you could call it like Orphan Something and sort of make the clear link to Orphan Black, but I I, I get the need to have the title. It's- it's in lazy and unimaginative, but eh, sure, right? I, I just, I, I, I think titles that have quality, for TV shows specifically, it's fine for movies, I think, because like you're so used to having like chapters and sequels and stuff, so you have the title, then the colon, subtitle, or the number, then the subtitle. I think with TV shows, there's something clunky to me about a show that is, like, I think Star Trek gets away with it because like you have all these distinct Star Trek shows. I think it's because, barring some recent editions that they're, they're mostly very unconnected in terms yes. of like being sequels to each other yeah and they're very far there's apart, a shared yeah. universe but they're, they're, they're not direct sequels whereas this might well be more of a direct sequel and th- those are still relatively speaking pretty rare in the tv world yeah so here's here's what we've got here for information yeah for those of you who don't know it, it, orphan black I, I saw the first season of it uh it was a pretty decent show it was about a group of clones basically who all discover each other played by tatiana Maslany, and they're all kind of different but it's like conspiracies to why they exist and stuff i mean it's a bit of a whale so i'm a little bit vague on it but that was the general From what style. i gather it was a very good show elevated by phenomenal acting yeah it, like people liked it i think it lasted five seasons if i recall right so a nice length right. yeah a nice length especially you know five ten or twelve episode seasons sounds like a nice amount yeah uh so amc says orphan black spinoff will be set in the near future and take a deep dive into the exploration of the scientific manipulation of human existence. That kind of goes along with the cloning themes of the original. It follows a group of women as they weave their way into each other's lives. That sounds a lot like the original. Well, in that mm-hmm. case, it was clones, so it may not be clones in this case. 
and embark on a thrilling journey unraveling the mystery of their identity and uncovering the wrenching story of love and betrayal. So it certainly sounds like it wants to evoke the same type of like sort of emotions and story as the original, if the, even if the details are different. Uh, ten episodes are planned for the first season of Echoes, uh, coming from Anna Fishko from Pieces of Her. Uh, that was a show that just came out recently. Uh, who will also serve as a showrunner and executive producer. I think my concern hearing that is it might sound a bit too similar to just the general premise. It might separate itself in the details enough. But just boiling it down to that, I'm like, yep, that, I think... that sounds like Orphan Black. It sounds, it sounds like more of a remake than a, than a spin-off based off of that description. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt and say it can be its next generation in the sense that you're going to have a new set of characters and you're going to evoke the same type of show that it was. So you're going to have a group of characters, they're going to be a mystery. But And if it is just clones again, then I'll complain and say, I, yeah, I, okay, I, you're doing the same thing. But I think the bit that's hang that I'm getting hung up on is that it's also a mystery about their identities. Sure. Like that's a, it's it's a little bit too specific to be kind of you know with what it was before, right? I think there is potential though for it to be something that is its own take on it that is different, and because they're not necessarily, I mean, I'm sure eventually there might be a cameo from someone or something, but it, it you know eventually if they can get Mislani in to play like one version of herself, who I mean assuming they didn't all die in the end of the show, I don't know, but uh, can always be another the clones. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well. I, I want to say there was a specific amount, if I remember right. There was a specific, okay. you know. Uh, well, there was a hidden one that they didn't know about. Sure. TV writing. But don't get me wrong. Like, it is a, there is definitely a lot of potential here for it to just feel like a uh, shameless sequel that doesn't live up to the original. And I, I don't even know to what extent, like, original creators are involved or anything. But I will say that because this is something that's only had one show and it's not, like, a big franchise... This bothers me less them trying a, like a, a new take on it than, say, the, you know, 11th Walking Dead <laughs> show. That is fair, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not inherently opposed to this. I think uh, I was have very little attachment having never actually yeah, watched off and blah. But... Yeah, I've only seen the first season. Uh, I had, I, you know, I liked it well enough, and I, I thought that like, she was good in it. Um, and I just kind of fell away from it and just never went back. And by the time I, I remembered that I should go back, it had been so long since I watched season one that I just kind of left it. Um. Yeah, so. But hey, uh, that's Orphan Black spin-off coming to you. Uh, now, we mentioned Vince Gilligan earlier. Bob Odenkirk, he's got things in the works. Um, Good. Yeah, AMC's about to have Better Call Saul's finale, of course. Um, but they're developing an adaptation of uh, a novel called Straight Man from writer Richard Russo. Uh, and Odenkirk's going to star as William Henry uh, Devereaux Jr., uh, the unlikely chairman of the English department at a badly underfunded college in Pennsylvania, in the Pennsylvania Rust Belt. Uh, and apparently it's eyeing a 2023 release. So, probably like a mid to late next year release, I'd expect. But, probably, yeah. Um, That's, I mean, it's a pretty vague description that there. Um, I mean, I'm sure means... if you look up the book, you could get a nice <laughs> meaty. Absolutely. But it's vague enough that I'm not against anything in it. Right, I mean, no, you can do a lot of things with that. I got a bit more for you here, hon. In the course of a single week, Devereaux will have his nose mangled by an angry colleague. Imagine his wife is having an affair with the dean. Wonder if the uh, curvaceous... Uh, I had to think about how to pronounce that. <laughs> the curvaceous uh, adjunct is trying to seduce him with peach pits and threaten to execute 
a goose on local television. This is comedic, just in case that wasn't clear from yeah. this list. Uh, yeah. All while uh, coming to terms with his philandering father, uh, the <laughs> the dereliction of his useful promise and the ominous failure of certain vital body functions. Do you know what? This is a case... I see Odenkirk pulling off yeah. every single one yeah. of those things. This is a case where the overly like wording of this is adding to the tone that it's trying to give us. This is because the wording there made that funnier. Yeah. And not just because. So here's the thing, because I actually saw, uh, when I was reading that other part about Gilligan, there was a whole article there about all the interviews they'd been doing. And they were talking about how, like, how he seemed to bounce back after his heart attack, like it was nothing, like he was fine, like he was on set and like he was his same old self and had a good work ethic. So, which is great. It's great to hear that he just, he recovered and he's good. And some people do, right? Yeah. Uh, wonderful news. Uh, obviously, we were all pulling for him at the time. Um, but one, one thing before I read this, though, was that he's returned to some more comedic work, because that's what he was known for before Saul and Breaking Bad. It was his comedy. Uh, so that sounds like it might be like a really comedic uh, drama uh, that they're going to do. Yeah, and it's a, a step back away from his action direction. Like He, he took a step into that oh, world. Oh, yeah, Mr. Nobody. Nobody and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm assuming he's going to maybe leave that behind for now see how the heart holds up <laughs> yeah maybe maybe doing the john wicksdale action scenes. i mean i i say that you you have like like uh just in in a in a different world but in terms of coming back from you know heart attacks uh footballer soccer for, for the americans uh christian erickson you know suffered a heart attack on the pitch in in the euros last year it was you know on tv it was quite dramatic and They're quite young back. as well for for people yeah i think he's in his <laughs> late 20s he is early 30s maybe um but he's back in you know in the in the premier league and one of the top leagues in the world playing at you know that top professional level again just uh, you know uh year, you know a year and a bit later was there was there like a reason why he had one so young was like a sort of i think they, they weren't sure they think it might have just been a genetic disposition towards it and just strenuous activity just there when i think obviously it's like okay he's got a you know, pacemaker and stuff now and you know all the monitors that they have to have but and there are certain leagues that uh, depend on the country where you, that he's not allowed to play because they're like, if you've got one of those, we just flat out refuse. But over here, you know, he's he's allowed to play. You know, the weather's miserable enough in the UK that he's allowed to play. Basically, they're like, <laughs> he's playing for Brentford for Christ's sake. It's fine. <laughs> he's not going to Qatar though. He played in the World Cup. Oh God, no! Uh, I, I I would be shocked. I'm pretty sure Dem Denmark are going, but I would be shocked if he's going to play in Qatar. <laughs> I, f I feel like maybe we'll see a lot more heart attacks. Uh, no, no, I mean, if not heart attacks, certainly dehydration and like heat oh, stroke. I mean, they're moving it to December, like the like November, <laughs> December to get out and they're playing it, at, you know, I think later in the day. So some of the games oh, right. are in the evening as opposed to, you know, midday. But I, w I would expect like, which it's unusual for the sport, but I would expect like water breaks like every like... Oh, sure. 25, 30 minutes, whatever it's going to be, to like, all right, everyone stop, take a breather, go get some water. They've, they've, oh, they've done it once or twice in hot weather. Finally, football will we'll use the American format of quarters instead of halves just so everyone can hydrate yeah, properly. Yeah, oh yeah. Might have to. <laughs> I, I am, like, they haven't announced it yet, and I know this doesn't interest you personally, but I am expecting some rule changes to, to accommodate for it. Like, traditionally, you can only have like three substitutions a game. There was a thing during like COVID where you could have five substitutions over over three you just have to do it in three blocks but you could have like extra players to like you know you can fudge things a bit everyone has to wear a water backpack on the pitch and they, yeah, have, like I, a, they have like a tube like a beer hat like get into their mouth yeah, so they're yeah, constantly exactly. dehydrated 
Got to go through extra training regimens. So they're all carrying it. Yeah. Make sure they're weighted properly. They'll all be slowed down significantly. They're all, they're all carrying it. Like, that's part of the strategy, though, is that if you can drink your water quicker, you'll lighten the load and you can <laughs> run faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, all I'm saying is England are not going to do well in that heat. Some of our players are the pastiest people in the world. It's not going to go well. Uh, anyway, moving on. Baby, that sounds like a good rule for uh, Odin Kirk. Um, it really does, yeah. Oh, yeah, it sounds like a fun time. Uh, so here's something, actually. That's a really random story of the week. Uh, you brought me the ocean is in the works of HBO Max, being produced by Charlie Theron. D- does that ring a bell? Does that title ring a bell to you, Connor? Correct me if I'm wrong. I, know, I might be. But is that one of the young adult DC comics? It is. It's an Aqualad book. I thought it was, yeah. That that was the one I didn't know was an Aqualad book until uh, recently. They're adapting it. Uh, So, yeah. uh, Charlie Star is executive producing You Brought Me the Ocean based on the characters from DC Comics in the young adult graphic novel by Alex Sanchez and Jill Marrow. Uh, The dramedy series is in development at HBO Max. Um, Yeah. It follows Jake Hyde, uh, who doesn't swim, but moves to college on the coast. There's nothing safe about Jake's future, not when he's attracted to swim team captain Kenny Liu, although he struggles to come out. So this is a case where they're going to like just adapt like a standalone thing that you know, there's not Aqualad who's in the DC universe. This is like a separate thing that was written on its, it's own. It's a separate take on yeah. Aqualad. And they're saying, no, we want to adapt this one because it has I presume merit. Like, I've not read it, so I don't know. But I haven't either. Um I've read some of those young adult ones. Some some are better than others. Um but I mean, I, I definitely understand the appeal of this one. This is what I didn't realize was Aqualad because they called him Jack or Jake instead of Jackson, Jackson yeah. or you know Calder. If you if you're a Young Justice fan, um, but yeah, it completely threw me. I, I didn't realize that. But given what the, what it is, uh, yeah, sure, it makes sense. Uh, it, I can definitely see a TV show out of this. Yeah. Uh... It's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting the kind of knock-on effect this can have because if this like ends up being a big hit and people really identify with this, and all of a sudden you'll you'll probably see. I mean, they're already kind of promoting Jackson in the comics to be like the the current Aquaman and stuff. But I feel like you you probably see even more of that and more of like, a, oh no, he's our Aquaman now because this is the one that's hitting with a, a larger audience. Uh, so yeah. better to see um, that happens. Uh, nothing may, wrong with that, but but also may not. I mean, <laughs> there's no there's no guarantee. Uh, but yeah, that was like a weird, it was just a weird headline that I saw, because it wasn't this headline specifically, but I saw it on Twitter, it was like, Charlie Sterling is producing Aqualad show, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Aqualad? That's a, that's, who's been playing Mad Libs? <laughs> um, and I'm like, I, I guess she was involved, no, she wasn't involved in anything DC, <laughs> what are talking about? It wasn't her at all. I think for a, sec- for a second, for a second, I was thinking it was Nicole Kevin. I was like, oh, she was an Aquaman. Yeah, makes some, maybe there's some <laughs> some sort of connection. Sure, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It's just some random actress is doing this. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is going to star in an Apple limited series called The White Darkness. Uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, he's going to star in a show, uh, based on David Grant's nonfiction book for Apple TV Plus. What do you think it's about? Before I tell you. The white. What was it called? The white. The white darkness. It's an unfiction book, uh, and they're making a limited series out of it. This can only be cancer. <laughs> Gonna kick yourself. The white darkness is inspired by the true life account of Henry Worsley, played by Hilston, a devoted husband and father and former soldier, a man of deep honor and sacrifice, but also a man deeply obsessed with adventure. 
manifesting an epic journey across Antarctica on foot. Uh, of course. So, yeah. I like Hilton. Yeah, uh, I'm not against a one-man, like, dangerous trek through Antarctica as a, as a premise for a show. It's... Yeah. yeah. That's it. Admittedly, I, I kind of wish Werner Herzog was directing it, but <laughs> that's my usual sure. go-to for the man, you know, man versus nature versus the elements. He's the first guy I think yeah. of, but... Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, next up, HBO Max are developing two potential spin-offs to Sherlock Holmes. And when I say Sherlock Holmes, I mean specifically the Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law movies. Do you know what's funny about this? Is I read, I was reading this earlier, and I thought, that's so weird, the second one was so long ago, and it's not like, and then it mentioned, oh, the third one's coming out, like, next year. I was like, oh, okay, that's why it they're is. doing this. <laughs> I saw this headline, and I was like, why are they trying it with this universe? It's because and they're, they're trying to re- re- basically relaunch it with the new movie, yeah. I, I did not realize there was another movie coming, and I also the second one was not good. I don't think I ever saw the second one. I did not like... Maybe I did see the second I, one. I can't remember. I but... liked the first one. I, I don't love it, but I think it's good. I went. I, I remember seeing the second one in cinemas. I know I saw it. I, I remember the ending. I can tell you anything else about that movie except I was bored. Yeah, I, I didn't get much out. It, it, it just it felt very... Obviously, it's different in some ways, but it felt very, like, early 2000s. It felt like, um, and admittedly, it was, like, 2009, so it's not like it was that far away from that, but it felt very, like, the Van Helsing era of Hollywood, like, blockbusters to me. Like, we've got a couple of stars, we're going to try and make them funny and witty, there's a lot of bad CG and, like, period piece shenanigans. Yeah. You know, just bad movies that you, you've only got Guy Ritchie out there burning the torch for those now. Oh... <laughs> but you know what, at least and I have a soft spot for some of them but at least he's not good. ruining things I care about at least he's just doing stuff I can just ignore that's, that's fine that's, that's fair don't get me wrong I don't think a lot of the those types of movies are good um, a lot of them are, I would say are objectively bad including some mm. of the ones I like quite a lot now uh, Downey Jr's company is producing at least one of them maybe both of them uh, unlike Suicide Squad offshoots and Batman offshoots which they reference because they're getting you know Peacemaker came out and now uh, Batman's got a couple in the works um, which are built around existing characters from those movies. Uh, the Sherlock Holmes spin-offs will revolve around in characters that have not been introduced yet. Now, whether that means they'll be introduced in the third film, and that's who they're hoping to like spin out of into these shows, or if they're just completely new characters that are going to introduce for the shows, I don't know. It's just such a, a strange choice for a extended universe. I mean, Sherlock Holmes, because t- traditionally speaking, the appeal of Sherlock Holmes is, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Right, and and like you've got the the close like the the Enola Holmes stuff that that Netflix is adapting, that still makes sense because she is, you know, part of the family. She's basically like Sherlock and Mycroft, right? So she's just you know part of that. Whereas, like, what else do you do? That's just because those those movies they're, they're, they're period pieces, so it's not like it's a modern update update or anything. Like, what what are they gonna do? That's just that makes it Sherlock Holmesy. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't like it all that much, but I mean, I at least understand the point of that is like you want to appeal to a teen audience, particularly a female teen audience, and that's the sort of it's filling in like a, a, a slightly different audience from the main thing. In the same way that you do like a Supergirl thing to maybe appeal to a slightly wider or different audience than Superman, right? Um, yeah. Obviously, a lot of nerds like both. It doesn't really matter, but there's a reason behind it. Uh, yeah, this is this reeks of we want shared universe franchise things and everything. We want to launch shows that have name value because they're connected to something else. 
Yeah, like, especially if you're not connecting it to any of the characters that we know so far. And I, I haven't seen those movies since they came out, so I couldn't tell you who's in it, but, mm. like, Lestrade's probably in it. Because that would have been my first go-to, is, okay, you follow the, the police of the time, right? Um, and them doing the cases without Sherlock. You, you know, you're, you're Gotham Central, so to speak. Mm. But Lestrade, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain Lestrade's in, like, the very opening of that first movie. So... Oh, sorry, there's a bit here that confirms the, the plan apparently is that they'll be in the third movie. So they, they'll all be... They're, okay. they're, they're backdoor piloting two characters into a movie for potential TV shows. Sure, why not? Uh, what, what are the shows actually supposed to be? Does it tell us that at all? Oh, I don't think it... I think it's just... No, it's just the focus is on no. two different... You know, one's about one character, one's about the other, obviously. Uh, I'd love to know if when we're watching the movie... Uh, hypothetically, because I doubt either of us are going to watch it. Let me see that, yeah. Um, but can you go, yes, that's a spin-off character. Like, you can tell they've been bookmarked for it immediately. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, is it, going to feel, is it going to feel, you know, when you get like a backdoor pilot of a TV show and you feel like, oh, this is a backdoor pilot. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the whole movie won't feel like that because it's a movie and they can't get away with it in the same or way. Like the but... character's inclusions where you're yeah. all like, they'll, they'll have extra moments that feel weird because they shouldn't it should have been someone else and you'd be like why are they doing this like, uh. or even that I, I could just see it being a simple case of like each of the characters like wherever it leaves their plot at the end of the movie there'll be like just a little glance of like there's more to be told here mm, yeah <laughs> that, that too. That's, that's one of the approaches there's, there's gonna be more uh so i can't say i'm excited and you know they're, they're doing a lot of spin-offs and admittedly the batman was really good and the the sound of the shows are developing for that it does sound interesting, but, you know, and The Peacemaker was this weird thing where James Gunn was just bored and wanted to write something, so he came up with a show. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and, and let's be honest, if, even if there wasn't a Batman movie that had just come out and we were spinning out of that directly, we're going to make some sort of Batman-related oh, yeah, shows, because yeah. everyone always does, and why wouldn't they? Because they, they, they sell well, because... Because Batman. And Colin Farrell was good as the Penguin in the movie, so the idea that you're actually going to get him to star in a show for, you know, eight, ten episodes is, is, is okay, that's all right. That seems neat. Um, So, and then the other one they're doing is the Arkham Horror show, because it was going to be a cop show, but they've, they've changed their mind, they've scrapped that, and they're, they're doing, like, a, a show set in Arkham now, which, you know, potentially it's a good way to get some of the smaller villains into the universe without having to devote movies to them. Oh, that works. I just hope that, that Colin Farrell put in... I want to be paid extra by the hour for every time I have to sit in that damn makeup chair. I feel like I, I, I get the impression he—I mean, not only like being the makeup chair necessarily, but he's quite proud of the role and what, what they achieved with it. I, I don't doubt that. Yeah. I'm just saying. I imagine he was in that chair quite a few hours oh, every sure. single day. But probably no different to someone putting on Klingon makeup or something, though. Probably not. No. Uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, next up, so we get a new show, Apple TV Plus, in the works. Uh, and it's got two big actors to, to headline it. We have Numi Rapici, if I'm saying that right, because I always second-guess myself, from, you know, the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, uh, other shows and movies since. Uh, it was that Netflix movie that was one of the only... Oh, what happened yeah, to Monday? It was an, an alright Netflix movie, yeah. Yeah, what happened to Monday? Yeah, which is actually, on the Mail Fuzz TV channel, is the most viewed thing on the channel. Is actually... Our review of it, yeah. Uh... For whatever reason, that just hit the algorithm and is racking up views. It's not Green Inferno. Yeah. It's, it's not as much as Green Inferno, but it is like over 100,000. I mean, over 200,000 by now. Uh, so, yeah, weird, weird, weird thing. 
But uh, so yeah, she's going to be in this as well as Jonathan Banks from see Barracal Souls finishing. He's got Man. he's got free time now. <laughs> can you can you tell that's about to air and, and and other companies want to be like, hey, let's make the most of the yeah. airtime right now while this this is hot. There's a uh, no Rhea Seahorn news this week, but it wouldn't surprise me if she's announced for something in the next couple of weeks. But. By the time that it finishes airing, yes. Google have heard. True, true. Anything up until that point would be relevant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this project uh, is called Constellation. It's a conspiracy-based psychological thriller sci-fi show. There's a lot of words that kind of don't really mean all that much in the end. Well, there's a description as well. I'll tell you in a second. Uh, so it was created and written by Peter Harness from The War of the Worlds and Michelle McLaren from Breaking Bad. So Okay. Uh, yeah, she, di- she directed episodes of Breaking Bad and stuff. So you got some good directing skills here. I assume that she will be directing episodes as well. It doesn't say that here, but you would assume she's going to. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Constellation will star Repeatchee as Joe, a woman who returns to Earth after a disaster in space, only to discover that key pieces of her life seem to be missing. The action-packed space adventure is an exploration of the dark edges of human psychology, one woman's desperate quest to expose the truth about the hidden history of space travel, and for her to recover all that she has lost. That might be two drinks. It's borderline personal and professional and borderline dark secret to, like, discover. Oh, then, then maybe three. What the one the I one? started opening up. Returns to Earth after being in space. Oh, that's that's, that's, that's a suspiciously yeah. small town. Yeah, returns to hometown. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, just on a bigger like, scale. It's on, a, it's on a bigger scale, but I think I think that definitely counts. I think you have to take at least one drink for this story, if nothing else. Oh, yeah. You know, Make it I, a good one as well. I, I, think, I think you can at least say that. Uh, I mean, I like the sound of it. I like these two actors. I like at least some of the talent of, you know, Michelle McLaren is really good. So hmm? there's no reason not to be at least into trying this. It, it doesn't sound bad uh, yeah. by any means. I'm just suspicious of, yeah. of how many of our things they hit there. Um, the only thing that adds on here is that Banks will play Henry, a Nobel Prize winning physicist. That's such a different role from me. <laughs> Such a but different... hey, uh, you, you can pull it off. Yeah. Uh, the answers to the, his secret discovery are protected by Joe on the ISS until she returns. Okay. So. Sure. Yeah. Uh, fun, 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 fun. Um, so that's Constellation. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering what the, the secret is, what the mystery is. Why why have they, like, I'm assuming someone's, like, intentionally wiped her memory because she knew something that they want to keep secret. Is it something like... It, it... That's just something you really keep till the end of your season. Oh, it, sure. It blow, you know, it's one of those shows that has a first season that you're like, this is okay, and then it's the second season onwards, is, this is what the show really is. Yeah. Now, whether or not it will commit... The, who, who was making the show, do we know? Uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Apple, okay. So whether or not they'll commit to kind of doing that is, remains to be seen, but it definitely has that that feeling to it from that, to me. Jason Momoa is going to star in a limited series for Apple TV Plus. Yeah. Yes. You said you said Momoa. I was like, damn it, we're still on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, uh, it's a straight-to-series order for Chief of War, a limited series, uh, written and executive produced and starring Jason Momoa. So he's he's pulling a lot of duty on this. Pulling out the big guns. Yeah. Which, so he, by that, I just mean his arms. Part, part of the writing team. That's, that's, I mean, executive producer's quite normal, but uh, writing's, a, writing's a unique role for him to take. Uh, so, created by Momoa and Thomas's Pasabet, uh, and Thomas Paz Sabet, yes, okay. Uh, the eight-episode Chief of War 
follows the epic and unprecedented telling of the unification and colonization of Hawaii from indigenous from an indigenous from an indigenous point of view. Is what I was trying to say. Okay. This makes sense to me as to why he is on the writing team and created sure, this. Yeah. What I suspect is happening here is he's got the idea. He's got this is the story he wants to tell, mm. and then he has got the actual writers to translate that into a format that works for a TV script. Yeah, he did a TikTok and he gave it to the writer, and the writer's like, "Okay, I will adapt this." I, I got you, bro. <laughs> I will yeah. adapt this into a whole thing. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's, I, that's how collaboration works. I assume it's a very personal thing that he wants to go into and something he cares about. Makes sense. So, yeah. yeah, and. I, I just hope it's better than his last Apple TV show, which was an example of not coming out the gate strong. It was not, no. Uh, next up, uh, Anansi Boys is a show that's uh, in development for uh, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg has been tapped to play a role. This is a Neil Gaiman series Yeah, adaptation. this is a spin-off from American Gods. Oh, is it? I didn't even At know. least the, the book is. I, I, I suspect it won't be that connected to the American Gods TV show. Ah, I see, I see. Uh, so yeah, it's a six-episode series, uh, limited show they're doing for Amazon. Uh, it follows a cast of characters in an epic story that stretches from the UK to Florida, uh, the Caribbean. I was going to say, if it's just UK to Florida, that's not that epic. <laughs> it's a pretty normal holiday destination for UK. One Florida. ocean. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, and to the mythical world before time. There you go, that's a bit more fantastical. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so she's just, actually not read it yet. She's, it's, on my, it's on my list. She's Jerry and Malachi Kirby and Deloy Rolindo in the show, who've already been cast. Uh, Kirby stars in the leading role of uh, Fat Charlie and Spider. Uh, Anansi is a spider god. Ah. Okay. Just to yeah, just make that clear. So it's uh, um, a in Scotland right now and will debut uh, in 24 countries and territories worldwide on Amazon Prime. They're real proud of that, aren't they? It's a big number. So there's a lot of countries to see. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a lot. Um, no, I, uh, uh, I'm a big fan of American Gods. The the book more than the show. Um, it's one of my favourites. I, I hope they're not using Scotland to double for Florida. It may look a bit off. <laughs> I would say no because I, I mean, literally just. I mean, it uh, mentions UK, so I'm assuming it'll just be. The I, UK I don't even know. If, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but I read um, the Monarch of the Glens, which is mm. another novella in that world. Which is set in Scotland, so oh, it sounds like, yes, <laughs> it it does yes, but you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if there are sections of this that are set in Scotland as well, and maybe feature some some characters or some locations that are present in that. So I, I should probably read it. I probably will read it fairly soon, and yeah, uh, looking forward to the show. Though. Yeah, okay, uh, I'm not that fast, so that's not really my thing. Uh, next up, Billy Piper is going to star in a new show. Um, it's called Coming Undone. It is an adaptation of the memoir of former Empire Magazine editor-in-chief Terry White. So uh, I assume this just means the film, you know, the movie magazine Empire, which is the one I'm familiar with. I think so, yeah. yeah um, so it's in development at Netflix, it's coming from uh, Bad Wolf, uh, a company who was also uh, has dark materials recently. They're taking over Doctor Who, and I yeah. think they got bought out by Sony uh, uh, late last year. Yeah, it says here Sony backed Bad Wolf. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, because that name comes from Doctor Who, doesn't it? It does. It's because it was yeah. set up by uh, like Russell T yeah. Davis and one of his partners uh, back when they were working on Doctor Who. Yeah. 
but they weren't actually like that company wasn't making Doctor Who at the time. It just it, comes it wasn't from that. at the time. They're just making the next season and onwards. That like BBC are basically not funding Doctor Who anymore. They're like, here you go, you can do it, and in in return, you get full creative control as well. So they'll oh, probably be a pretty ballsy. big shake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, BBC obviously retain all the the rights for you know airing it and worldwide distribution and all that, but. Bad Wolf are actually the ones producing it and have creative control, so it might actually be good. A different, a very completely different show come next year. Even though it's got Russell T Davis coming back to be the showrunner again, so maybe it'll be a bit of a greatest hit year first. That was better with him, to be fair. That's uh, my preferred era of New Who, but that's not everyone's personal choice. Well, anyway, uh, so. So White is adapting the book herself, so should be faithful to how she wants it to be for herself to be portrayed, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book, which was published in 2020, uh, documents the conflict between her outward success and the private trauma that spiraled into mental health crisis, which resulted in White spending time in a psychiatric ward. So it sounds like she's got a, an interesting story <laughs> worth yep. telling. Yes, that was a bit I, I, personal. I want to make it clear, I'm not diminishing the, the reality of what she went through. But it ticked the boxes, so I had to drink. Yes, in this case though, it's this is just it, ha- it happens to be exactly what her book, her story, her life story is about, rather than mm-hmm. it's just the the buzzwords. But yes, it is. But it's also why it's being adapted into a TV show because it hits those things, and it's it, it hits what you want, what the what the current climate wants in a TV show. I think that's fair. Uh, next up, Peacock is developing a 1960s crime drama set in Hawaii from the Eternals co-writers Kaz and Ryan Firpo. Or Firpo, I don't know how pronounced that last name. Apologies if I'm getting it wrong. Uh, and produced by Justin Lin, obviously a big director, works on Fast and Furious movies and stuff. Uh, and The Walking Dead Minari star Stephen Yun is also producing. So, um, it's called The Islands. It's inspired by true events as a story about American imperialism the fall of a kingdom, and the changing of a way of life. So, not super in-depth. A, a vague description, but I'm not opposed to this show. There's, there's potential. What, who was making this again? Where's, this, where's it coming? Uh, Peacock. Hmm, okay. It's, uh, it's the cock. The cock are making it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Have they had any big hits yet? I don't think so. I can't think of any. Their biggest hit is still just the fact that I, I hear the name Peacock and I go, oh yeah, they called themselves that. You can watch The Office on there and they have uh, WrestleMania if you if you want to watch WrestleMania. That's that's the that's Peacock's legacy this, at this point. I don't know. I don't know what else. I don't know what new content they've made. I'll, I don't I've know. Got a list of their original programming: Brave New World, Doctor Death. Lost symbol. One of us is light. <laughs> Bel Air. Joe versus oh Joe versus Carol, which is the hey we we can do Tiger King too because it's the, uh... the same story. Um, that's it. That's all the dramas. Okay. Well, early days. Yeah. Basically, don't know any of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, so final story of the week. Um, first win film development has optioned the TV rights to Rick, uh, Bleewis. Lewis, 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 maybe. Uh, as B L E I W E I S S, just for anyone. 
followed up. That was too long for me to think of but without spelling it out yeah. and looking at it. Uh, so, recently published debut mystery novel called uh, Pinion, Scorpion and the Barbershop Detectives. I'm in. <laughs> Um, I'm going to Google Barbershop Detectives because I'm sure that'll come up with something. Yeah. Uh, the book is set in 1910 in the small uh, English town of Haxford, which has a new chief police inspector. At first, the dapper, unflappable Pignon Scorpion, uh, a Brit of Egyptian and Haitian descent, strikes something of an odd figure among the locals. But it isn't long before Haxford finds itself in a very much in need of a detective. Investigating a trio of crimes whose origins span half a century, Scorpion, I keep wanting to say Scorpion, but it's, it's a B, not a yeah. B. Uh, Scorpion interviews a parade of people with potential motives, but with every apparent clue, the new surprises come to light. Uh, and just as it seems nothing can derail Scorpion, yeah, put his name in as much as possible, you bastard, and the wakes of Thelma Smith, a dazzling whip smart and newly single. In, in walk, sorry, uh, Thelma Smith, dazzling, whip smart, and newly single, as Scorpion finally met his match. Uh, I mean, the title would make me think it's maybe a slightly more comedic t- in tone. I, uh, but I googled it just because I wanted to yeah. see the name. One, I would say probably Blyweiss. Blyweiss, okay. Um, two, I don't know where you're reading that description from. I I don't know if you're editing it as you go and cutting out some of the words. Or if they, because that is almost copied and pasted from the, the the book overview on the publishing website. Uh, it's just, I'm just, just like, undeadly. I assume they did copy it and just altered that. They, bit. they literally just cut out like two words here, two words there, and just, oh, like, really? otherwise it's word for word the same. Um, it, this mentions you know, for fans of Sherlock Holmes and uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot, so it'll be kind of period piece detective drama. Yeah. So. But uh, it doesn't sound particularly comedic when when I'm reading it here. Oh well, uh, <laughs> it's not attached to a particular like network or platform yet. Uh, so we'll see. But there yeah, you go. I, mean, I I I like you know Poirot, just you know mystery thrillers. That those tend to appeal to me. So yeah, I'm open to it. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. That is the. Uh... That's the news. Uh, there was no CBS drama pilots to torture you with at the end. Sweet small mercies. That was next week. I gotta got cherish this this return to form. I mean, like, let's just ease us back into it, yeah? Mm. <laughs> Although they, they did hit me with the CBS comedy give, making me drink on the very first show, so... Yeah, yeah, don't get too comfortable. Uh, yeah. That's basically the lesson, I think. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Almost news... Almost cancelled news. T- the almost cancelled TV news podcast is back, and uh, here, here we go. Uh, we're on there. Uh, so, like I said, we may, have, you know, every so often put in like a movie story or something if we think it's just and worth talking about because there's not going to be a movie news show as well. Uh, but uh, we figure people would like that. So, but we're back, uh, and we might be in a slightly different time, or when I say time, I mean day, like week to week, depending on when we can record. But. Uh, the goal is to keep this going. I know people missed it, so um, by all means, let us know what you thought of uh, the stories that were in this week's show. Uh, you can like, subscribe, ding the bell, head over to patreon.com slash TV if you want to support uh, all the content and keep everything coming. Uh, you can do that over there, and of course, 
uh, check out the various reviews that are ongoing of stuff like Star Trek, Babylon 5, all those shows. Uh, Very soon to be better called Soul. And move over to the Mail Fuzz Movies channel for the long-form movie podcasts uh, about horror and sci-fi movies. So go and have a look over there and see if you're interested. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>